by no one's demand but our own and from our home office here in Elizabeth Park in beautiful Nashville, Tennessee. It is the 615 Sessions, and we are brought to you by our uh, benevolent benefactors, A to Z Sports and A to Z Sports Nashville.com. Buck Rising here with you on a beautiful Tuesday in our fair music city. Football season is upon us, ladies and gentlemen. And so we have a jam-packed week of football guests here on the 615 Sessions. We have today Titans ESPN NFL Nation reporter, Teron Davenport, TD, the big homie, uh, my man. He kind enough to come by the studio, the home office today, and sit down and tape a little something with me to preview your Titans training camp to preview the storylines that he and I are looking for that are not quarterback related uh, for your Tennessee Titans. And, you know, we talk about the quarterback as well, but we spent enough time talking about the quarterback. It is time now to dissect with importance every part of the rest of your football team. So we did that on today's episode of the 615 Sessions. So without further ado, let us get to Teron Davenport, of ESPN.com. Back here on the 615 Sessions, A to Z Sports, A to Z Sports, Nashville.com. Pleased to have in the house the OG, the big homie. Talking with TD is the podcast. He is rocking the swag as he makes his return appearance to Ron Davenport, espn NFL Nation Titans reporter, my man. I appreciate you coming by. No problem. I appreciate you having me on, man. It's, it's only right, you know. And, we got uh, We got to get the band back together every yeah, once in a while. Exactly. We don't do get, it enough. Get the band back together, man. You know that's how you do it. <laughs> Queen were, did it, so we could do it too. <laughs> <laughs> now, before we kick things off with a little bit of Titans tr- uh, training camp preview, you wanna you wanna do our best, George Costanza. And uh, air some grievances with the Nashville Transit System, or you want to? Oh man, yeah. Well, here, here's the thing. You know, I I moved here from up north, and and up north, we use the transit system. Yes, like, that's something we do. So I don't really have an issue doing that here, uh, except for today. Yes, you know, because I wanted to get here an hour earlier. Um, it's okay. I still love you, buddy. <laughs> I tell you one one thing. I did find out, and and it's crazy because this morning. Um, I dreamed about playing ball still. Okay. And I was in my dream. I was running routes, but I couldn't run them fast enough. Yes. And, and the quarterback was always overthrowing throwing me. It was just like practice. You know, I was dreaming about practice. You know, coming up. We're talking about practice. We're talking about practice. <laughs> but I was dreaming about that, right? And, and just fast forward to um, ten ten forty seven. I was supposed to leave at ten forty. I said, you know what? I got a couple of things I, I, I had to do. I have a, um article that I was wrapping up. Uh, about bussing with the boys, or, or is this a different article? No, this one is on Bayard. I, okay. wh- I ended up, I was able to talk to Coach Stockstill. Fantastic. So I, I got that interview, and I transcribed it, and I was just putting that into the, the article. And by, before I knew it, it was 1047. So I oh, shoot, I got to go. Yeah. Right? I'm seven minutes late. I said my dream about running routes because I actually found out that I'm still kind of fast. <laughs> yeah? <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I hardtail. I was going to say, tell the people. <laughs> yeah, I hardtail to get to the bus. And I, I stopped at the little machine to buy my, my, uh, my ticket, my all-day pass. Great deal, man. 325. You ride the bus all day, man. Listen, I need I, to look into it. I, I'm not mad at that. So, anyway, I got that, right? The bus is supposed to leave at 10.56. 10.54. I'm standing there. Like, I, I, I ran to the bus. 10.54. And I saw in the, in the mirror, I saw the driver look at me. And I get to the door at 10.50 door. He closes it and pulls off. Yeah. Now, this is where I found out I was still fast. <laughs> because he pulls off and I'm running side by side with him. Like, yo, yo, yo. And he wouldn't stop. But I literally ran a good block or so side by side with that bus. And then once he made that turn onto Andrew Jackson, it was all over. It was over. And if you're listening, 
I hope you walk on hot Legos, not hot Legos, just Legos, period, <laughs> with no socks or shoes on. That's that's the punishment I wish on you. The bus driver did you dirty today. Did me dirty. Unbelievable. Did me di- but he helped me discover that I could still run fast and actually not have problems with my knees. Yeah, you gotta loosen really it up a little bit. You gotta open it up I was every amazed. once in a while. I was TV. amazed. <laughs> yeah, but nevertheless, I'm here, so it's... Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm Nevertheless, we persevere. Indeed. Right. <laughs> so we we have officially two days until Titan. We are back in the building. Mike Vrabel and a couple of the guys will speak to us before uh, camp open ups the, uh, opens up. The first practice on Friday. Football is officially here. Yeah. Uh, so I figured today we just kind of go through the biggest storylines everybody knows what what the situation is with Marcus Mariota Mm -hmm. but we look at kind of the biggest storylines that we think are worth talking about heading in to 2019 training camp so for you the three biggest storylines that are not quarterback related oh good are what you well I mean listen we're gonna we spend all day talking about the damn quarterback yeah we have done the the past six months yeah quarterbacks quarterbacks Plural. That's right. Right. And, and perhaps a future quarterback, depending yeah. on how this year goes. Uh, and plenty of time for that. We will see. But the three non-quarterback storylines for uh, storylines for Teron Davenport are what? I would say, you know, Mayor Murphy's bro. It's not. Check out the article on ESPN.com soon to come. <laughs> Coming out. Yeah. Coming out. Uh, the 25th. It, it's not a matter of if, but when. I, I, it's a deal that they just really they just have to do. So I think just the way they go about attacking that contract and the way he goes about continuing to make himself invaluable as a leader, I'm looking to see the vocal side of it, like how he's becoming more of a vocal leader. And we talked about that uh, when he was at the safety summit. And he just he said that's a goal of his. Mm. So I'm looking to see how Byard evolves. We know he's an awesome player, but I want to see how he evolves as a leader. Just having been there and done that, he's, he came in, he showed the work ethic. They know that he's a guy that walks the walk, talks the talk. And he brings it every day in practice and the meetings. Dean and P's favorite son. Dean P, yeah, that's, and it just seems it's no, funny. No harm to Matt, but Dean P's his yeah, favorite son. Sorry, Matt, but you know you got a darker brother <laughs> that's in the group too. Uh, so yeah, so I want to see how that continues to evolve, and that's you know that's not only coming from from Dean P's. Kerry Coombs is looking for that. Mike Vrabel's looking for that. John Robinson's looking for that. The teammates, you know, in that secondary are also looking for that. So I want to see that develop. That's that's non-quarterback wise. That's that's a big thing for me. Um, I want to see how this receiver situation pays out. And by the way, awesome stuff with Corey Davis. Yeah. I really loved seeing that, man. And it was cool, man. Yeah, that had to have been a nice experience. I, I spent out, I, and if you haven't seen the video, it is available on A to Z Sports Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter. Uh, I got the opportunity to go out to Jeremy Holtz, uh, mm-hmm. athlete, uh, w- one of his workout sessions with Corey Davis. He works out a couple of the guys, t- uh, excuse me, Tajay Sharp, Corey Davis, Lawan and Compton uh, make okay. an appearance a couple times. Uh, George Kittle was out there, Luke Stalker. While he was, I was cruising there. on that darn yes. treadmill, yes, man. Yes, he was. Woo. My man's was moving. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I got the opportunity to watch a Corey Davis one-on-one workout session yeah. and I, I don't know I don't I've seen him work out a million times I've seen him in practice a million times but just in that particular setting I don't know what it was but I I could not take my eyes off him he mm-hmm. was in, incredibly impressive just the change of direction the yeah. fluidity of motion he is he is I think on the cusp of doing big things assuming that he is not hindered by poor quarterback play, which, you know. Or not, play calling. Or play calling. This is the thing as well. Um, and so I, yeah, he's, that, that video that video got me hyped up. Mm-hmm. I Hopefully Titans fans enjoy uh, enjoy that before camp opens up here in a couple days. And that joke is strong. Yes, he is. Can I give you two hot takes real quick? Please, give it to the, no, it's not, don't give it to me, give it to the people. TD hey, is TD for is the a people. man of people, a man of the people, for the people. Yes, sir. I ride the bus with the people. <laughs> but Sometimes no, when you're not chasing down the bus. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> so, I think when you look 
talent. I'm just talking about talent-wise. Ability. He is the most talented receiver in the AFC South. Really? Now, in my opinion. My man. Now. You know who I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of two. Okay. Now, as far as that talent being turned into production, that's a different story. But if you just take him, Hopkins, who I think is the best receiver in football, by the Mm. way. So that's another hot. That's three hot takes. If you take him, Hopkins, and T.Y. Hilton and put them just – Measure them, just person, like player to player, athlete to athlete. I think Corey Davis is above them. He's he's unlike uh, many other players that I've seen before. I, I won't say that he is he is unique. I, I won't say that he is better or more physically put together than any wide receiver I've ever seen because Mike Evans came for joint training camp practices last mm-hmm. year, and that is what a professional wide receiver looks like. Both he and your boy Deshaun Jackson were, were – Deshaun is ridiculous. He is unbelievable. He's a greyhound. Even, even, yeah. even as he continues to age, like the, the crispness of motion. Anyway, um, so I will not say that I haven't – he's the most impressive wide receiver I have ever seen. But – He's just so damn put together, and the body control that he has, the mm-hmm. the athleticism while he's in midair to pull down these contested catches. Uh, he, I mean, just the size of the dude. He is built yeah. like a damn Clydesdale. <laughs> yeah, and my, you know what? He really, he's, he has. Like, I, I want to ask him, like, if he has deer in his family. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because he reminds me of a deer. Yeah. You know, just the the, the combination of strength, agility. Speed, and we haven't really gotten to see the speed or the the uh, strength, mm. but it leads me to hot take number two. Ability wise, and just watching it now, style of play. I'm not saying he's a Hall of Famer, a future Hall of Famer, but in style of play, if you watch the two of them, they're very similar. Now James Jones said this also. I formed this opinion back in in, in his junior year at the uh, watching him at the Bahama Bowl. Mm. He and T.O. are very similar. If you watch styles of play, if you watch the combination of strength, agility, speed, quickness, they're very similar. And the, the play that really made me think that, it was the Bahamas Bowl. I forget who they were playing even. Um, but he caught a hitch. And that corner tried to tackle him. And he just threw him off of him and took off and pulled away from the whole team. I was like, wow, that's stuff that I've seen T.O. do. Yeah. You know, and it reminded me of that. So those are my two hot takes. He's the most talented, and he's also very T.O.-like. Got a little bit of T.O. in him. I I listen. Which which means he has that dog in him, (laughs) as Emery Hunt would say. And our guy, Emery Hunt, football game plan. Need to get Emery on the new pod. I haven't done that yet. Yeah. I I look at him, and I think – I, I think you're spot on. And I, we've seen a little bit of the strength because he – him against Stephon Gilmore this year was one of the more impressive Signature performances game. that I have seen from him through now heading into year four. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that there was a couple times I – I think he tossed around – I can't remember the name of the Texans quarterback or cornerback that he threw off of him. Uh, during one of the games, but we have seen flashes yeah. from him uh, throughout throughout his career. Where where do you need to see the biggest? Wh- what area of his game do you need to see the most growth this year? Because I th- I think he's he is right there. I mm-hmm. think he's right around being able to put everything together and to be that dog because. God knows Titans fans desperately need a dog of a wide receiver to go out there because they have been plagued by that position for so long now. And I think they are, they're drooling at the idea of this Mm -hmm. guy, Mm -hmm. but what, what is the biggest area of growth that you need to see uh, from Corey Davis this year? You know, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't need to see growth from, see, I don't know if I do either. The area of growth. And you mentioned the Gilmore game that, is not some it shouldn't be some isolated performance for Corey Davis. What that was was an isolated series of play calling 
from the offensive coordinator. Mm. If you notice, and I've said this so many times this offseason, if you notice in that game, right from the start, I think it was the third play, they a deep over route. It was like a 41-yard game. And they just right from the start, they made their mind up that we're going at Stephon Gilmore. Yeah. And each time, like those first that first series, he would line up in different spots and Gilmore was traveling. And LaFleur was like, I don't care. We're going to move you across the formation. If he wants to travel, you want to do cat coverage, that's fine. We got a dog, and he's going to eat the cat. <laughs> and that's basically what happened. Yes. You, you know, and I still have to say, when it comes to that whole area of development, of growth, I think he's there. Matt LaFleur, Rob Moore, they talked a lot uh, about his development as a route runner. You know, you get those, you pull them aside after the scrums and you just ask them different sure. questions. And that was something I would just cons- consistently get. His route running is really good. It, it's it's getting better. He's getting more detailed as well. And how much, how much of a difference do you think Rob, and I mean Matt to his credit, did good thing, did some good things with the offense. He had his limitations, obviously, as a play caller. But how much, how much of a benefit do you think Rob Moore has been for Corey Davis and the rest of that group? I think Rob Moore has been a really big help especially like working on releases. Mm. And he, if you watch him throughout practice, and even this past in minicamp, you know, you would see A.J. Brown, Corey Davis, and Rob Moore. And I was kind of like purposely standing behind them, like eavesdropping on their conversation. And that's all they were talking about was was releases and, and, you know, how to work different releases against different ways that corners will try to stop you and, you know, uh, your footwork and just being explosive off the ball. And those are things that, that really help. And you would be surprised how many receivers come into the league and don't really hone on that. And it's something that I've, I personally have talked to at least three receivers. Rashad Perryman, especially when he came to the Ravens out of uh, Central Florida. It, it A lot of guys don't like they're able to just get away with just being, okay, either I'm A.J. Brown where I'm Debo-like and I'm just big, or they're, you know, Bashar Perryman running a 4-2 four, four at, you know, 6-1-2, whatever. So Rob Moore has helped them just as far as the details. And even working at the top of the route, you see him, like, when they do some of their cone drills, you see him at the top of the route, like, just teach them, like, little leans and sticks to do to create that extra separation which is something that we know Marcus Mariota needs to have in order to throw to his, his receivers. So. Absolutely. I, 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 the, the key word there for me is the details mm-hmm. of everything. Is it as simple? And we know what, what Marcus's issues throughout the course of the year were and, and how that limited him and both the offense. Yeah. But assuming that things are totally right with him heading into this year, I don't know if that's a safe assumption to make, but is it as simple for that offense as refining the details, just as the wide receivers have done? But more details on in terms of the offensive line, more details in terms of the schematics and getting comfortable. Is it as simple as becoming more detailed in what was already put in, in place, mm-hmm. uh, you know, at, at the ground level with LaFleur and now Arthur Smith? I think really it's a matter of just being more aggressive with play call. You could say details. You could say details. Like working to to not be so consistent as far as – now, you always want consistency, but I'm talking about run on first down, pass on second. You know what I mean? Run on first down, it's second and nine. You pass on second, it's an incompletion. Now you're at third and long. Yes. That playbook goes from – Here, hands three feet apart to here, hands one feet apart. Your list of plays and things that you could go to are a little bit more limited, especially with some of the protection issues that they had and also the blitz recognition that they have from the quarterback. Mm. Those are things that have to be fixed. Mariota has to be able to see that blitz coming from the right-hand side, you know, a hard count, and you see that that linebacker about to come. He has to be able to take Deion Lewis – and move him from the left to the right to pick up the blitz and make that check to Tajay Sharp to run that slant to replace where the linebacker left. We didn't see that last year. We haven't and, seen that from him yet. And, and that and concerns that's a problem. you. That's a problem. Of course. Right. It's, it's, it's the, the intricacies of the position. And I, I, don't, I didn't want to make this a quarterback thing, and, but we can't not talk yeah. about yeah. the quarterback. 
the intricacies of the position he seems to lack lack the ability so far i'm not i'm not going to say that he can't until i see that he can't but thus far we haven't seen him be able to have that that awareness that presence of mind to recognize mm-hmm. the blitz coming off the edge to to make the adjustments at the line to go even go through his progressions in enough time without holding the ball and then taking a sack it's it's these little things details of playing quarterback that seemed to really hamper him. He's he's always been able to out-athlete out people. Yeah. Derrick Henry has always yeah. been able to out-athlete people. Derrick Henry learned, okay, this is how I need to change my running style the last month of the season and become more effective as a player. Exactly. Marcus Mariota, for me, has not yet made that jump, and I don't know, I don't know how you fix that if he's unable to make the jump. I don't know. Yeah, I think... Really, what you have to do is go back and look at what he did at Oregon and with Chip and with Mark Helfrick, which is why I thought Helfrick was a strong candidate to be the OC because he was able to do that. It makes no, sense. no knock on Arthur Smith because just in, in watching him so far, I think he's cut out for the job. But what they did back at Oregon was everything was schemed. Quick, easy reads. You, you know, we're talking about one or two progressions he would have to go through before seeing a guy open. And then the windows that he was throwing, those win- those guys were wide open. Yes. You know, so for me, and they, a lot of the read option, which takes advantage of, of his ability, just even the threat of him to be able to run, you want to highlight that. Then along with the read option comes the RPO. And when you get into that RPO situation and it's, you know, for the linebacker, for the safety, uh, I mean, most of the time when you're doing RPO, it's based off of the, the linebacker. And it's like, all right, if he does what linebackers are trained to do and, and, and takes that step forward on the run and plays the run, we're going to throw that slant. Yeah. Once we bang that slant a couple of times, that's why A.J. Brown's so important. That big body he has, man, you could RPO a team to death on the slant. I saw, I literally saw the Eagles do that with Alshon Jeffrey. They did that over and over again. Third and seven, no problem. We're going to RPO. And, uh, you know, the the linebacker just can't help it. He's going to play the run, and we're going to replace right where he is and throw the slant. That's what they need to do uh, here in Nashville with with Mariota. And then what happens with that is – you, you get those completions, you get into that rhythm, and that is something that with, with Mariota, like he's a rhythmic guy. You got to get him into a groove. And I think that's the same with even Corey Davis, which sparked the, this whole conversation. Any receiver that is a dominant guy, you have to get him involved early. You have to. You can't move away from him with the targets as we saw them do a couple times this year, inex- or last year, inexplicably. Yeah, exactly. Where you're just kind of – Corey Davis is eating against the Texans, and then in, in, the, in the second half of the game, there are no targets for yep. Corey Davis. They're on the first quarter and, and likely on the first drive. Yeah. And, and you're sitting there looking at this and just it, – it, it, I understand that people coaching in the league – know more about football Mm. than I will ever possibly know. But there are decision-making issues that hindered them as much, I think, as the, as the talent that was available on the field and the, the, the injuries were catastrophic. Yeah. But the, 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 the decision-making at times to try and, to try and help them, to try and make them things easier on themselves early, it just didn't seem to be there. And so I, and that, that, and I think a lot of, I think a lot of times when you look at Mariota and Mariota's mobility and you say, okay, well, a lot of play action, a lot of run-based concepts, it helps, it helps take away half of the field. It helps him not have to read the full field, and it, it allows him to scramble if he gets out on the move. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times when you, when you have him turn his back to the defense, he turns around and then he's kind of at a loss because he has trouble reading the progressions once he's turned back around to face the defense. And I feel like I've seen him pan- not panic, but kind of be disoriented in those situations. I, at least that's how I perceive. Yeah, I, I could agree to that. And that's why I think, you know, that play action out of gun, whereas like, you know, you're, you're, the play action happens at the mesh point, right? You're in a shotgun and, and you're running back, will cross your face and you 
you fake like you know and then you pull it and you throw it or you mm. pull it and you run I'm not saying that should be the whole offense by no means that should that be but you have to incorporate more of that just use your guy who is athletic and make it 11 on 11 football and like when you have a Tom Brady it's it's not really 11 on 11 football when no. you have a Drew Brees it's not really 11 on 11 you don't have to spy them you don't have to you know worry about them breaking off a run you know, even though sometimes they do, let's not get it get it wrong. But you don't have to worry about that happening. They just as look much. like they creak a little bit when they yeah, run. They, yeah. they don't got that TD bus mobility. Okay, they don't. No, got that. they don't. They don't have that, man. You know, so when you have a guy like Mariota, you can really influence what defenses do because of his ability to gash teams. And I don't care what defense it is, they are going to be made aware. If they haven't played Mariota yet, they're going to be made aware of his ability to make things happen with his legs. And if they have played already, they already know because they, they've seen it firsthand. So you have to use that to your advantage. And I think that's something that Arthur Smith has to do. That being said, Mariota, I feel, is underrated in the pocket. Like I've seen him, you know, that, that throw he made against the Cowboys. Oof. That was the Darius Jennings one on that. I mean, 100%. he dropped that in a bucket between two guys. And props to Jennings for catching that thing after getting body rocked. But, you know. Because well, he dropped it the first time against Philly. It right. The, it, right. I, I believe it was the same play. Which was a, it was a beautiful throw, mm. you know. So Mariota can make the throw. And that's the thing that's so crazy with him is you watch him and you'll see him do some things. And you're like, dang. Right. That's that Heisman guy, that number two pick. Then other times you watch and you're like, how did he get that? I don't I don't understand what, what he was thinking. So consistency again is something that you need from him. And I think just, you know, if they could get that running game going and just be the, the team that, that dictates how things go on offense instead of allowing the defense to do that. There's something that happened too much last year. Whereas the defense told him, Look, you're not doing this. You could try it, but you're not doing it. And they kind of just put their shoulders down and say, okay, we're not going to yeah, try it because we can't it. do it. Yeah. Nah, you got to do it. You know, and that's something that I think Arthur Smith, it seems like he has uh, a little more of that dominant type of trait in him than, than Matt LaFleur, who's an awesome guy. And Arthur's it, loud know, at practice. Exactly. He is loud at practice. Exactly. I, wasn't, I wasn't ready for that. I don't know. Hey, listen, Coach Ray was not going to tell Arthur Smith to shut the F up. <laughs> you remember that, right? Oh, <laughs> That's my not happening. <laughs> God. Because I... it's, it's a different relation level. Like, <laughs> like you know, you know when it, it, Woo, he's not going to do that. TD. You know? <laughs> I remember standing on the sideline when Mike Vrabel was barking at Matt LaFleur that early on last year and being like, oh, bleep. Like, this is some real stuff that yeah, is going man. on here. That man just totally disrespected <laughs> Matt LaFleur and made him. I, I felt like a child in that moment. God knows how our, uh, Matt LaFleur felt. But, no, I agree. I don't, I don't believe that you could talk to Arthur Smith like that. Yeah, and it, it's, it's not a matter of, of feeling like you could do it. It's just a different – I think there's a different respect level between the two, whereas, um, I, I don't know, it's just something about, like, as, as an alpha guy, you recognize other alphas. Right, and you relate to other alphas different, differently. Mm. You know what I mean. But um, you know, I don't want to get into calling A an alpha and Woo. B a beta. Yeah. That's, you no. know, I, I'm not here for that. But I just think that that situation, I don't think will arise, and that goes back full circle to the play calling and the fact that you know, being the one to, to just put his hands together and say, you know what, I'm gonna do it anyway. Yeah. And I think that's the way Arthur Smith is. Yeah, and, and that's the way that his his star pupil, Delaney Walker, is. And mm -hmm. we saw that Delaney Walker will not open up camp on the PUP. It seems Excellent like news for Titans, physically man. unable uh, excuse me, physically unable to perform list. He will be cleared and ready to go. Yeah. Looking light as hell out there like a like an oversized wide receiver. Delaney Chicken Walker. Chicken and broccoli. Yeah. <laughs> Chicken and broccoli for like six months. My man's is lean, okay? <laughs> But it's I, – I maintain that out of everything that Marcus has at his disposal, 
uh, from a play calling standpoint, from a, a rebuilt offensive line to a degree, mm. uh, from from uh, new toys and Humphreys and Brown and and now further further increasing the depth that they have at the position by bumping Taewon and Tajay down, who we know can play, mm-hmm. but may not be able to be relied upon on a play-by-play basis. Delaney is still the most important one to me, yeah. I think. But, you know, people people hear that and they kind of grimace. What, what, do we, what do you mean a 34-year-old tight end is still the most important player at your disposal? But it matters so much how those two feel about each other, how they feel on the field with each other, mm-hmm. the comfort level that Delaney gives Marcus in a way that it didn't feel like he really had with anybody. Tajay was good on third down before he busted up his ankles a little bit and then really didn't do much the rest of the season. But Delaney is that guy for him. And so for me, this is massive news. And I, yeah. I know it's been a year, but the man shattered his ankle. I mean, yeah. oh my that God. That thing was bad. Bad. Yeah. That's one of the most gruesome injuries I've ever seen. But I I kind of, I guess it's a long way of saying your thoughts on Delaney Walker being available when they open camp. I think it's huge for them. I agree with you. And they already have the chemistry. And, you know, that receiver or pass catcher quarterback thing is is like riding a bike, right? You know, to use a cliche. And it, okay, it, we got plenty of cliches coming once <laughs> trick camp opens back up. We got press conferences, all yeah, kind of cliches coming our way. Sorry. So, so <laughs> with that, you know, it's something that may be off initially, but it's going to take no time to get back in, in sync. Mm-hmm. So being able to have him back in sync. And listen, Mariota, to me, he comes across as a guy who confidence is – a, a thing that's that snowballs for him, you know what I mean. And when you get your main guy back, and you guys are interacting more on the football field and watching film together and looking at different breaks and coverages and how you will react to so and so, I think that's just going to allow their confidence to get even stronger. So now he has that safety net back. Sure. And just being able to know, okay, you know, I could throw this five-yard pass to Delaney, and he's going to catch it and give me another 10 to 15. What did Coach Vrabel talk about with Adam Humphreys? Free yards. Mm. You get those with Delaney Walker, too. And I think that's the main thing with him. He's a trustworthy guy. You're not going to have to worry about drops. You know that for the most part, it's either he catches it or it's an incompletion, right? That interception thing doesn't creep in. And then the routes that he runs are typically higher percentage ones, which is – really good for a safe quarterback like Mariota. Your comparison to Alex Smith was spot on. Like, it was bullseye. I, I, the more that I looked at it, because the Tannehill comparison has been made over and over and over again, and there are, there are plenty mm-hmm. of parallels. But I look at Alex Smith, and I'm like, oh, my God, he's San Francisco Alex Smith. Yeah. Maybe may a little better, but and, and maybe a little healthier. But he is San Francisco Alex Smith before he went to Kansas City and before he kind of, you know, Andy Reid got the best out of Alex Smith right. that we have seen of Alex Smith. And and it just, it hit me like a lightning bolt. I'm like, of course it's Alex Smith. It yep. just makes all the sense in the world. But I, I, I thankfully, somebody with your football acumen felt that way as well. And two things with that, you know, because everybody does make this Tannehill comparison. Well, when Tannehill came into the league my comparison for Tannehill was who Alex Smith Mm. but bringing it back to the Delaney Walker situation who by the way was one of Alex Smith's favorite targets sure enough Alex Smith for the most part when he was in San Francisco it was Delaney Walker or bust Mm. that's pretty much what it was was I'm handing off to Frank Gore throwing to him out the backfield or I'm throwing to Delaney Walker on the seam or, or those routes in between the hashes same situation here as far as the Relying, relying on the tight end. I think Mariota is better at spreading the ball around, and some of the throws he makes as a deep passer are, are, are really good. But that comparison is right there. They're both like safer guys that hate turning the football over. Any quarterback hates doing that, but they are safe guys where it's like that throw, you know, that turkey hole throw that you got to make. Turkey hole. 
it may not be one that that they're going to. Perfect example was to throw it to to uh, Johnu Smith against Buffalo on that corner route. Yes, when you had that that corner just kind of buzzing back a little bit, and you had the safety over top. He just put that thing on a rope and just let that thing go. It's rem- a long game. I remember breaking that exact play down with you on on the radio after that game and watching it over and over again and being like, "What? Just let it go. Yeah, just let the damn ball go." <laughs> and I and I know it's easy for us to say it uh, sitting on a sideline or watching from the press box, but it it was there, and he just was so risk averse. Because he's, you know, he's had problems with turnovers at this point, and uh, you know, you can go back and forth on that, but just let the damn ball go. Yeah. Don't, don't overthink it. Make the play. Just make the play. It's a gift and a curse. Like you always love quarterbacks that don't like to turn the football over, but you can't allow that to take away from your gunslinger mentality. Mm. And actually, one of the first things I got Vrabel to say was, you know, just, just let it go. Let right. it rip. Let if it you rip. throw an interception, that's on me. You know, that's what Vrabel said. And I, I think really that's that's where they are so similar. So if they could kind of get that. Now, when the stuff hits the fan and it's time to come through, Mariota's going to make it happen. That's the thing that's so crazy with him. He's fun it's to watch. Pressure time. like Yeah, he's fun to watch. Man, third down, fourth quarter, he's fun to watch. But they need to stretch that over the course of a, of a season. Yeah, it, can't, it can't be a reliance on, okay, we haven't converted a single third down against the Jets, but one of 19 for the win right. against the Jets to Corey Davis. Okay, you got it. Yeah, like that's, that, that's not a winning formula. It cannot. It's not sustainable, and so often it feels like they, they are forced either because of Mariota or because of situations outside of his control to rely on that, that kind of, okay, final burst. This is our right. last push, our right. last stand. Get it there. Right. And more often than not, he has been able to do it, but it's not something that you want to lean on. I, I want to talk about the top 100 that we have mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. But before we do, quickly, because I don't want to take too much of your time, do you have any reason to think that the defense is going to be I, – I think they're going to be better, but I know that defense – because they were good. They were top, top five defense in the league last yeah. year. But the pass rush is still something that, you know, you can kind of go back and forth on. Do you think they have enough with DeAndre Walker, with Cam Wake, with Correa, with Finch, with Harold Landry? Urban, I think, will help in the interior. Is there any reason to think that they will not be improved in terms of quarterback pressures next year? I don't think there's any reason to not think that because also uh, Derek Robeson's an undrafted free agent. He's making a roster, and I think he's going to be in the rotation. Put that listen, hot uh, takes all around. <laughs> no, no, just I, hey, look, man, just just calling a spade a spade. He's a player. I, I think that's that's what's going to happen, and I I, I think they're okay rushing the, the passer, and with that collection of talent that they have, it actually matches perfectly with DMPs because he's able to draw up schemes to develop pressure, and you see him rushing Logan Ryan, you see him using. Kevin Byard, and that's one of the things that that Kevin Byard is underrated uh, about is his blitz and the really smart blitzer, really smart blitzer. He could time it, you know, and he has the speed to to come off on a delayed blitz and still get home. So that's a good thing. So and then just the way they stunt and the, the coverages and things that they do to confuse uh, teams, I think they are. I mean, they confuse Tom Brady. Yeah, it, you know, on one of his interceptions. Uh, against the Titans. So I think being able to do that will generate pressure. But it's always good to have those guys to pin their ears back and go get the quarterback. But I don't think they have a premier pass rusher. I think they have a budding star in, in Harold Landry. He looks bigger. But, uh, Goodness. Yeah, oh yeah, he's definitely. So I think they'll be all right, though. Okay. Top 100. We've seen the two Titans that were in the 90s. The first round of it took place. We're taping this on a Tuesday. It was released Monday night, 99, or excuse me, 100 through 90. Uh, Derrick Henry comes in at 99. Mm-hmm. I have my quibbles with that because I think they got a little too cute with, you know, give the guy who got the 99-yard run 99 yeah, and yeah. call it done. <laughs> uh, and then Jarrell Casey at 92, who is perennially underrated. Yeah. But you understand that the players vote on these things and that Jarrell Casey finished the year on IR and really the last anybody's seen of Jarrell Casey, it's been some time. So he's not top of mind. But I know you were anxious to talk about this. So let me give me the, the talking with team 
TD breakdown of the For top those 100 two guys, that we have seen. Yes. That we've seen so far. I think it goes back to what you've said many times, and that's the D-tackle position is very underrated. And unfortunately, Jarrell Casey playing on the interior, he doesn't always get the double-digit sacks. But a lot of times, and DMP's got into this, a lot of times you have guys who don't get the sacks, but they do things that make other things happen, which don't show up in the box score. So if you just box score watch and you you look at stats, you might say, okay, Jarrell Casey's an average dude. Mm. But if you watch him and see the way he pushes the pocket back, if you see the way he gets into the backfield, and if he doesn't tackle the running back, he redirects him. Those are the type of things. So long story short, 92 I think is very low for him. I think he should be higher. In my book, he's a, a, a top 10 defensive tackle, maybe even top five type of guy. You know, Geno Atkins, uh, uh, Geno Fletcher. Geno Atkins been doing it for a long time. Yeah, I mean, there's, there are guys that you have to, you know, Jaron Reed, who got suspended recently, he's someone you have to – there are a lot of really good D tackles, but I think Jarrell Casey is among the upper echelon, so he needs to be higher. Uh, Derrick Henry, I understand having him – that I was – to be honest, I was surprised he was on the list. Okay, see, because people were coming at me this morning, TD, on the show, because I was like, no, Derrick Henry shouldn't be on that damn list. He wouldn't have been yeah. a thousand-yard rusher if not for the one run, uh, and then you, you put him at 99 because it's cutesy and whatever. But uh, explain your position for the people. I, I feel he should have been on the list. I was just surprised that he was on the list. Okay. It's just tough because, again, half of his season came in – you know, just over a month. Mm. But what have you done for me lately? And he did it. That month was legit. So it made people really see, okay, you know what? In the right situation, with the right amount of carries, he could be productive and he could hit the home runs, you know. And, and granted, that that – Jaguars game, that home run was early, but a lot of times, like, you'll see those five-yard runs become 15- or 20-yard runs in the fourth quarter. So, I I mean, he deserved to be on there in my mind. I, I just – I didn't think because of the market also. I didn't think – because, I mean, let's face it, for the most part, Titans, Jaguars, uh, they're teams that are just kind of afterthoughts. Yeah. As far as the national media is concerned and the national fan base, general overall NFL fan base is concerned. So that's how I look at it. Yeah, it's it's totally fair. And, and it, I, 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 every time I talk about Derrick Henry, it ends up sounding like I'm attacking Derrick Henry. But it's, it's just it's, – it's a product of the position he plays. Yeah. It's a product of the inconsistency that I've seen over the course of now three years going into four. Um, and I – I, he's, he is the biggest part, he is the biggest, he's responsible for the biggest and best experience that I have had covering this team. Hmm. That game against the Jaguars, that stadium hasn't felt like that. That you know, place is right. Very, very yeah. long and time. And he was chanting his name. Yeah, Eddie, 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 except Henry. You know, I yep, mean, it's yep. it's reminiscent of years past and what the Titans were when they were, you know, going to the Super Bowl and making making the runs that they did with that that core group. But I just I can't I can't talk myself into him, and it's not it's a flawed way to do the analysis, right? Until I see you do it again. I'm not going to think that you're capable of doing it. Mm. It's, it's a bad way to go about it, but I can't get myself out of that headspace because I haven't seen him put it together. Now, he, he was fantastic. Again, he saved their season or what, was, what, what of the season could be saved mm -hmm. at the end of the year. There is no winning in playoff situation without Derrick Henry. There is no doubt about that. Um, but I don't know. I just I want to see more out of him. I hope to see more out of him in 2019. And I think the offensive line that they've put in front of him will give him a better opportunity to do so. But there's just a lot of questions I still have about that guy. I really don't know what makes him tick. You That's know? the question. I don't, I don't get him. Yeah. You know? And it's, it's, it's the opening of mandatory minicamp where he's in front of the podium and <laughs> – and he's borderline dismissive or combative yeah. when 
Yeah. We just, it's been like six months, dude. Like, yeah. You know, like what, what's the deal? I don't get him. And so that's probably the biggest thing is I'm talking this out for me to get over with him. Yeah, there, there are things that you still have to see from him. And I, I think consistently is definitely one of them. And he's a guy that, that will show you what he's capable of in spurts and periods. And that is always going to keep you intrigued with him. And I, I was on the radio on Monday and uh, – <laughs> um, I I made a comparison. I made myself laugh. It, it's just so I could use you you and I, right? Mm. So I have daughters, right? And and, and you know, you you're you're chilling. A minivan will have more value to me than it will to you. Yes. And that's the same way I look at Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry is a minivan that has value to a family man that wouldn't have value to a guy who doesn't have a family right now. Okay. And I, I think when you look at it that way, you understand like, okay, and I'm not going to say wouldn't have value. It has more value to, to, to me than it, than it would have value to you. And just the same, the Titans being a team who has a head coach who was selected by the GM after their previous head coach won a playoff game. Mm-hmm. So there's a direct correlation between those two. This head coach, physicality, that's a part of being good to great, right? And defense and running the football. Most defensive coaches, they want to make sure they can establish the run. That's why I think Henry has a different value to the Titans than he may have to, I can't even say the Saints because they want to establish the run too. Or, or let, let's say – than, than the Chiefs. Yes. Right? So there's different values, and that's why I think for Henry, it's best for him to stay here and recognize his agents and everything. They have to recognize the fact that the team that's going to value him the most is going to be the Titans. So I understand the consistency thing is, is something that, you know, is needs to be proven, but the value that he has to this team. And just watch. And I remember uh, talking to Kevin about to buy it, KB about that, you know. And, and um, who else did I talk to? Wesley Woodyard. Mm. Henry makes a run. Watch how the defense reacts. One hundred. You know, one of those runs where he just takes and he mushes one of the defenders and runs through another tackle, and then is finally brought down or runs for a touchdown. And those guys are over there going. Bananas. Oh, they feed off it. It's 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 what you're talking about with Vrabel. It's it's who they are. Yep. It's who they have been historically. Exactly. It's it's what the Tennessee. It's in their DNA. No no matter how many times they change over the coaching staff or the or the personnel, it is who this franchise has been, and it's why I think people gravitate more towards Henry than than the majority of the other players outside of Taylor Lewan and that's a left tackle. You know, it's just the same kind of thing. Taylor is he's a different creature. Man. <laughs> He's I, know, a different. I know you were on that bus. <laughs> I know you were that on that bus. That dude is different. And he's a lot like, I would pay money to watch him do stand-up, man. Dude, like, I he's think he's funny, coming man. for all of our jobs as soon as he's done. Like, <laughs> and, he's, and, and, and that's not to take anything from, from Comp, well, Compton either, no, man. No, Compton's that, funny. That tandem, you know, they could go on tour and, and make money making people up. But you have to have that certain type of uh, uh, sense of humor. But, they're, yeah, they're hilarious. Man. Sure, sure. Talking with TD is the podcast. The live show with he uh, and Chase McCabe begins Friday nights at 6 p.m. Looking yeah. forward to tuning in to that. You can read him on ESPN.com. Follow him at T Davenport underscore NFL. I got it right this time after boshing it the last time. It's all good. On. Teron, <laughs> I appreciate you coming by the home office. Forgive the bear surrounding. Hey, no, but, uh, this is beautiful. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. We'll uh, we'll look forward to doing it again sometime. Yes, sir. And make sure, yo, y'all stop beating Buck up on these these uh, media approval. My approval too, ratings man. are so bad. Stop that, man. <laughs> Cut that out. TD, you are the only one stumping for me, man. Like the <laughs> the people hate me, and that's okay. I I I wish I wish that we could see more eye to eye, but you can't reason with the internet. I can't do it. So you know, I'll take can't my sixty percent and I'll go home. <laughs> Always appreciate hanging out with my guy, TD, Teron Davenport. Make sure you're checking out all of his work for ESPN. 
He will be giving you great coverage as well once training camp officially begins. Practice on Friday. Uh, And be sure that you are listening to the rest of this week's 615 sessions when we will have on Thursday a, uh, a, a football female firepower episode. Mina Kimes, also of ESPN, Laura Oakman, of the NFL on Fox, two of the uh, best out here doing it, covering profession, uh, professional football. Mina Kimes and Laura Oakman will be the guests on Thursday 615 sessions. So shouts to Teron Davenport. Shouts to you guys who rate, review, and subscribe wherever it is that you get your podcast. Make sure that you are doing so for us here on the 615 session so we can continue to give you the best interviews and conversation as we have done so since the inception of our little podcast here in April. We've done a good job, not to pat myself on the back, but I've already, I'm doing so as I speak to you into the microphone. Uh, and so continue to support what we do here. Continue to support A to Z Sports and A to Z Sports.com on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter. Make sure you're following along for the best Tennessee Titans, Tennessee Vols, SEC, Predators, all of your local uh, sports teams. We are giving you the best coverage, so make sure you're following us on all of our various platforms. The next time I talk to you, it will be with Mina Kimes and Laura Oakman. You will also hear from your head football coach, Mike Vrabel, as we will have had a press conference with Mike. We will hear from a couple of the players on the day that the rest of the veterans are scheduled to report, and football season is officially back in the full swing of things, and we are fired the hell up about it, honest to God. I'm I'm tired of all this off-season nonsense. I'm ready to get back to work, and so we look forward to doing that with you. That being said, I'm Buck Rising, reminding you, as always, to stay hot, Nashville, you beautiful, beautiful city, you. Uh, we will be back here with you on Thursday, right here on the 615 Sessions, brought to you by our friends at A to Z Sports and A to Z Sports Nashville.com. <laughs>